Welcome to the Wholeheartedly Podcast, a space where emotional sponges can absorb understanding, acceptance, and joy while navigating both work and life. I'm your host, Kaylin Staten, and every other week we delve into the deep waters of what it means to integrate all facets of your life. It may be messy, beautiful, and everything in between, but at the end of the day, this is your story. This podcast aims to showcase stories to help you along in your journey, no matter where you find yourself on that path. Be sure to connect with us on social media, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hello, and welcome back to episode 19. I just didn't think for a second which episode number that we're on. Season two, the third episode of the season. And I'm just so excited and so happy that you are listening here on this Friday or whatever day that you are listening to the latest dropped episode of Wholeheartedly. So as always, I am incredibly appreciative that you are on this path with me and that you are listening to this complete labor of love podcast that I have going on. So today I want to talk a little bit about change. And I feel like this is a multifaceted issue, multifaceted thing that each human goes through. And I probably can't contain it within one episode because I have a love-hate relationship with change. I feel like probably most of us do. Change has always been like a dirty word to me. It's been a process that is uncomfortable, that I've liked to shy away from, that I've liked to avoid in a lot of ways. But then there are also the really wonderful, beautiful parts of change that wouldn't have led me right here to this moment and led me to the life that I have without taking that initial really scary first step And so I just want to talk a little bit about change today, talk a little bit about how I handle it, maybe some solutions, and then call it a day for this episode. And you'll probably hear my cat, Mira. She is pretty frantic outside of my office door right now. She wants to come in and she's been meowing all morning and I have to lock her out because you will hear her be super chatty. Maybe she should have a cat podcast. I don't know, but she's been really chatty. So I am becoming, I don't know if I'm becoming more spontaneous. I don't think that that's probably the right thing to say just because I love processes and I love my by the book type of personality, but I am trying to be more spontaneous with this podcast. Obviously there is a communications plan. There are all of the things that go on behind the scenes. There what make me who I am as a PR practitioner and a professional communicator. When it comes to content, I'm kind of going with the flow with it to see what resonates with me in the moment. And then also what is going to resonate also with you as the listener. And so I came up with this topic recently when I was on a cruise to the Caribbean and I was sitting at a table And I was by myself. My husband was with Luke and I was able to walk around the ship and do some writing for about an hour or so. And so I was sitting at a table sipping a cup of coffee and I was starting to furiously type this tentative outline on my phone. 
this episode is that collection of notes and then some of my end of week musings. And so I'm recording this a week before it drops on Friday. So I really started thinking about change and I started thinking about what it means to accept change. Acceptance is a hard one. It's very, very hard because during this trip, I kept ruminating. I did a lot of brooding over the ocean. I feel like you don't really go on a cruise unless you brood at least once over the ocean. But I I started thinking about what it means to travel now versus what it meant to travel a decade ago or even before my son was born. And so this was kind of a wake up call. This was a, a long trip. It was a struggle traveling with a toddler, even though we found out that he is a wonderful traveler. Like, I mean, he loves public transportation and he loved being on a plane. He loved being on a bus. He loved being on the ship. Just like with anything, with any part of being human, you get tired. And so as parents, we also got tired. It was hard. It, it really meant having this myriad of changes being thrust upon me. And I tried to go in there without an expectation that it would be how it was. You know, we traveled on our honeymoon or I traveled to Paris or I traveled by myself to Santa Barbara or whatever. And traveling this way was an absolute change. And it really got me thinking about how I deal with change, how I accept change, how I don't accept change. And something that I really struggled to accept was that traveling does look different now. And it probably always will because I'm a mom now. And if I want to have my son experience things with us, then that will have to change. And I had to place my ego to the side and kind of put it in a jar on a shelf and leave it at home. But I also had to realize that it doesn't have to always stay there. I can dust it off. Whenever I need to bring it back out, I can just untwist the jar lid and be able to experience things. I talked about this before I left with my doctor. She told me to temper my expectations of travel and other things that I'm dealing with as well. And so that's something that I really tried to do on this trip, but it was so hard. I really wanted to have elements of previous trips. And so I did deal with FOMO. I did deal with imposter syndrome. I dealt with all of these things that were heavy emotions. And although I'm not a spontaneous person, when my emotions are involved, I just go with them. And sometimes it is detrimental. Sometimes it's fine. But feeling how I feel when you're smack dab in the middle of the ocean is challenging. And the first couple of days I felt claustrophobic and I'm a person, I have a fear of deep water. I don't like to swim and I don't like being in deep water. I mean, I'll be in the shallow end all day, be on the kitty splash pad all day. (laughs) But when you get to deep water, that's kind of frightening to me. And, you know, I was thinking about all of these things like, what if it's the Titanic? What if it's the Costa Concordia? What if it's this or that? And so I was playing these what if scenarios. It was really exhausting. But I I tried to go with the flow of my emotions and realize, hey, they're they're temporary. And you know, these travel changes are fine. You're getting to experience all of these new things 
with your husband and son, it was something that I did have to come to terms with. But another thing too, when I was a teenager, I was, I was a nerd. Um, we know this already. Like, you know, I like to play video games. I like a lot of sci-fi things like Star Wars, Star Trek, all of that. But I really liked watching classic TV shows and I envisioned myself being on the love boat. I love the love boat. I watched it on TV land when it came on and I would record it every single morning. I think it was like four or 5 a.m. that it came on. I'd record it on a VHS tape and then watch it later that evening after I came home from school or I would watch it on the weekends while I was scrapbooking with my sister on one of our bedroom floors. So this is what we like to do as young people. I spent a lot of time watching this show because I was a geek, obviously, and I was, I was lonely. I didn't want to rock the boat, pun intended, <laughs> with parents or other authority figures and go off and do a lot of these things just for fear of whatever kind of ramifications would happen. So I was a really, really bad people pleaser. And I really missed out on a lot of my, my young person activities, things that are kind of rites of passage for people who are going through these particular stages of life. And I feel like that's probably a separate podcast episode in and of itself. But this was kind of a safe place for me to daydream and to just really hope for the future. So in, in the show, there's a cruise director. Her name is Julie McCoy and she's nice and perky and she's a pleasant cruise director. And I don't think <laughs> that I would be a good cruise director because the first of all, the one on the ship, he was like incredibly perky at like 6 a.m. Not a morning person over here. And I just, you know, I try to be nice and, and cordial and overall pleasant type of person, but I'm not an extreme extrovert. And that role is better suited for a true extrovert. So I just became a PR practitioner and used my skills in that kind of capacity. Again, I, I really had these like aspirations that it was going to be like the love boat. And I don't know, like I'm 34. I should know better. I was a little bit naive. So it was like, you know, I daydreamed back then about taking a cruise, having exotic drinks, toting my own Louis Vuitton and going to exotic locations, finding my own romance. <laughs> have one, by the way. I don't need to have that on the love boat. I'm very happily married, but cruise ships aren't the love boat. There are some elements where like the show and, you know, we had some of those experiences, but I struggled with how expectations didn't meet reality for various reasons, both from the TV show, life related. And again, it led me to brooding over the ocean. I figured that's when I'm at my creative best anyway. So it kind of just, you know, worked out and reaffirmed some things. So I watched the ocean's crests and the ebbs and flows so much. And then I realized my temperament is like that. And the ocean is temperamental. So I was like, well, now I feel a connection to the ocean. And I do realize how, I, I want to make this clear too. I realize how privileged that I am to be able to go on a vacation like this because there are so many people who are not able to do that. So I do acknowledge that privilege and that opportunity. And something that really did bother me, and it bothered me when 
We went to Turks and Caicos on our honeymoon. It's a very, very beautiful environment in the Caribbean. But the thing that really bothers me is that there's so much poverty. But with all of that being said, going back to traveling and feeling like it's just different now, I'm really all or nothing. And so I had a lot of thoughts of being like, well, this is just how it is now. It's going to be terrible. XYZ type of of thought processes. I mean, I would try to counteract that and have that balance of, well, it's okay because, you know, I've had those previous experiences. I'm being able to experience through my son's eyes what it actually is like to see these things anew. I was trying to counterbalance the negative with the positive and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but it made me uncomfortable to feel this way, like this push and pull. And I felt selfish and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I could go and do things myself, but I didn't want to experience it without them anyway. And so I I thought a lot about change. I thought a lot, a lot about the thought processes that were happening for me while I was sitting there. And then I just started thinking about all of these particular life changes that I've been through. So I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of them. And so this one, I'm going to take you way, way, way back to kindergarten. And I was a kid who stayed home until I was in kindergarten. I didn't go to preschool and I was basically around adults all day because I am the firstborn. I was like the first child, first grandchild, first great grandchild. And Oh, this is on my on my mom's side in particular. And I I really didn't have a lot of interactions with kids. And so I remember sitting in my kindergarten class on the first day with tears streaming down my cheeks. And I don't remember if my teacher consoled me, probably, but I remember just not wanting to be there. I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to leave my toys. I didn't want to leave my Disney movie VHS tapes. I was kind of sitting at this weird table where it was like, it was a table, but it opened up and it had sand in it. So I guess it was more like a play table of what we would consider that a play table these days. I can't really describe it that well, but I remember I was fiddling with it and I just felt so lonely in that moment. I had a desire to just pick up my, I had a Barney backpack, by the way, and I got made fun of for it. So. I still remember who did it. And I remember I got my yearbook and I wiped boogers on their, on their faces. So I, you know, karma came back to them. (laughs) The things we do as five-year-olds, right? I just remember that I felt so lonely in that moment and I had a desire to run away. So fight or flight or freeze responses instead of again, learning new things or meeting new friends. And then I, most of these stories are these really small vignettes of memories that I'm going to share are school related. I'm I'm a nerd again. I I love school. So (laughs) all of these just kind of had this trajectory of, of school being interlaced with them. But I was in first grade and a guest speaker came to our class and I can't remember if she was a parent or just a general guest speaker, somebody out in the community, but I remember her talking about her grown-up job, all these adult tasks, all these responsibilities, and just telling us what it's like to be an adult. 
And I remember distinctly thinking, that sounds awful. I don't want to grow up. I come back to this mantra sometimes when things are hard and I just want to run away. (laughs) And I don't want to accept change. I'm like, I don't want to grow up. It's too late for that. I also remember not wanting to graduate from high school. Of course, there are those mixed emotions that you feel. You are excited for the future, but then you also don't want to give up what you have in those moments. I remember I went home and cried when I had to give up my editor-in-chief position for the school newspaper because I was graduating. And it wasn't because like I did anything that was wrong, but I just didn't want to give that up. I loved doing that and I didn't want to graduate, go to college and just have to deal with all of these changes. It was really overwhelming. I remember a week after I graduated, I went back and I visited underclassmen friends and teachers and just didn't want that all to end. Of course, like many of us, I've lost people, both people who have passed away and just people who are just not in my life for whatever reason. So it's just kind of that that circle of life that happens and people grow apart or you have some type of falling out or you just move away or you get a new job or what have you. And so I've had a problem with these anecdotes that I just said. I've had a problem letting go and accepting every season of change with an open mind and heart. I feel like when things are comfortable, I want to wrap up in them like they're my favorite vintage TV show t-shirt, which I wore a lot of back in the day in high school and still do to this day. I just really struggled with it. But change has also brought me some of the most beautiful blessings. If I didn't take risks, then I wouldn't have certain things that I have today. I wouldn't have swiped right on Tinder and met my soulmate. I wouldn't have taken the leap to carry out a longstanding dream of starting my own company. I wouldn't have started a podcast. (laughs) I wouldn't have wanted to make certain shifts in my career and wouldn't have been where I am today career-wise. Change has allowed me to travel, have new friendships, give birth, co-buy a house, and then I wouldn't have had all these epiphanies that I've had, and I wouldn't have been on this mental health journey that has led me right here to talk to you about mental health and positive psychology on this podcast, right here in this moment. And so I really do value change. And I really, especially as we learn and as we grow into ourselves, it's, it's a lifelong process. When people tell me my mental health is great, I don't need to learn anything else. I don't really believe them because life is about learning every single day. They may be in a good place at that time, but sometimes we have to bring back those tools from our toolkit. And oh my goodness, I had to do that recently. (laughs) So despite my first grade self's longing to stay little forever, all of these changes have made me who I am. The ones that I've had to weather, whether it's been a disappointment, whether it's been something that has been life-changing for the better, like my wedding day, that was a big change, name change and status change and all of that and that commitment. But there's beauty in both the positive and negative things that happen to you as well. It's just the everyday things that you feel like are mundane. 
I remember before we left on this trip, I was like, oh, I'm so bored of being here all the time and I need a change of scenery and all of this stuff. But then when you're away, you appreciate and don't want to change a lot of your routines. There's comfort in those routines. So how can you manage change when you would rather allow the world to pass you by while you pull the covers up over your head? I'm a proponent of really like lying in bed when I feel depressed or overwhelmed. So that was where that analogy came from. So as an adult and as somebody who is a mom, a wife, a communicator, a board chair this year as a leader, I cannot just wish things away. So I I have always on roles. I have a lot of motivational factors that promote acceptance of change just because I, you know, just from the mom standpoint of wanting to be there for my son and be a role model and teach him things as he navigates the world. And because I don't want episodes to sound like a boring PowerPoint presentation, I'm just going to give a couple of points and then end the episode because we all have a lot of PowerPoint presentations, Zoom calls, in-person meetings, all of that. And I don't want to be, you know, another boring presenter. (laughs) I'm working on a presentation for next week, at least like a couple of them. So I'm in presentation mode. So the first thing that I can do and that hopefully can help you out too is to stop fighting against myself. There's a reason the massage therapist on the ship told me to take better care of my back and shoulders. So I couldn't really feel the bamboo as she rolled it on my back. And she's like, you have so many knots. You need to take care of all of these like consistently. So that was the physical manifestation of the war that goes on internally. It's the sum of all my parts. It's exhausting. And I feel like just throwing up the white flag or just compromising in general will relieve tension. And I don't always do that. And so I I just fight with myself and it's this hamster wheel. And it's this really like one way communication. If I'm throwing it back to communications theories, I don't always handle things. But when I do, I am usually able to step away and do something that helps me. Or my husband makes me do it (laughs) after the push and pull of all of that. So I write, I eat something that's comforting, I sleep, take care of basic needs basically. can play a video game. Right now I'm playing the new Zelda game, which is awesome by the way. I read, watch a favorite TV show or movie, work on some type of project, like a creative project, like a room in our house or something, a photography project, something like that. Talk with a trusted person. And I used to comfort myself with spending a bunch of money on microtransactions. I have a lot of nail polish. I have a lot of makeup and I have lots of other collections that can attest to this as well as just other vices. And now I feel like my worst vice is caffeine and the occasional eating poorly here lately. I have been eating very poorly. So It's just something to know the healthy and unhealthy ways that you can stop fighting against yourself and then the remedies to that. Another thing that helps me is taking a break. So being able to take a vacation or take a walk, 
we have been walking around our neighborhood every day at lunchtime during the week. And I feel like that helps whether it's walking with my husband or walking by myself. There's that, that clear break in the middle of the day really does help because I will tend to sit at my computer and things like that. And then when you take a break, you can really assess the changes that you would like to accept or things that you will not accept. And so that, that period, that break gives you what you need for your brain to kind of reset and help you with mental clarity and embrace the world around you, embrace change. At the minimum, it can prevent you from saying or doing something that is led by stress, which I am the queen of doing. Talking about embracing changes, nothing stays the same. Nothing. There is nothing in this world that is a constant. And I, I'm not going to be morbid when I say that, but we only have a limited amount of time on this earth. Things change all the time, whether it's, you know, even if you feel like nothing is changing, the weather is changing, the news is changing, there are external factors that are changing. And then you obviously are making changes probably internally too. Like I said before, I do like parts of routine and I did appreciate those, especially as I stepped away. But then I also get bored with other things. And so I've had to realize that I'm not aging backward. I'm only going to get older. I'm going to get more gray hair that I have to cover up with dye. My kid will grow up and I'll lose more people. I won't have the same body I did as a teenager or 20 something. And I won't have the same jobs or clients or colleagues. Things change. But I'll also meet new people, travel to new locations, continue to really build those deep conversations, those deep connections with people, make more memories, grow old with my soulmate. Like all of those things are things that change has allowed me to have. And you can learn to embrace changes throughout all of those facets of your life. And this is just kind of an, a basic podcast episode about change and just how I've dealt with it and some things that help me. It is so much deeper work to get into the nuts and bolts of all of this. It's something that I still struggle with just because I am in a headspace a lot of times of not accepting change. Especially, and I'll have a podcast episode about this, but about body image and about just how I would love to go back to a certain age and be that thin or be that pretty or, you know, whatever kind of adjective. I'll have another episode with that. Regarding changes, there's always something to learn with the good, the bad, the in-between experiences and changes. I really like being able to step away and have time to think. I'm not, I don't know. I feel like I process things in two different ways. Usually people are either, they talk about it or they think about it. And I kind of have components of both. Being able to really be with yourself and accept change is something that shows progress. And of course, I talk a lot about self-actualization and transcendence, and it can help you to reach that for yourself if you can figure out what works for you to accept change and to know everything that prevents you from accepting changes. I know everything about myself at this point. 
with all of the work that I have done, both in therapy, outside of therapy, talking to other people, writing, doing all of this work, there's nothing that's going to surprise me. I feel like there's nothing that's repressed at this point. Doing that work is so valuable. And I am always a proponent of working with a mental health professional. I used to shy away from that. I used to think, I don't need that. Or I just used to accept like, hey, this is, I'm just going to be anxious and panicky and overwhelmed and then I'll be depressed. And it's just how I am. You don't have to live that way. If it's something that you really want to change, change it. Because working toward your own happiness is important. And happiness is so fleeting for so many people. You realize how many people are truly unhappy. I'm working on happiness right now, so it's something that's always on the top of my mind. But at the end of the day, I think that all of us as humans just want to be happy. And sometimes accepting change is going to propel you onto the the right path to do that. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk, as people say. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode. I. And again, going with the flow with things. So we may have an interview episode next time. We may have another solo episode, but stay tuned. It'll be out in the next couple of weeks. And if you are interested in being a guest or you know somebody who would make a really fabulous guest for Wholeheartedly, I always put that in the show notes. You can fill out the form and be considered to be a guest on this 2023 season two of Wholeheartedly. I hope you have a wonderful weekend or a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this. And if you have any topics that you'd like to hear, please feel free to email me at thewholeheartedlypodcast at gmail.com or just leave a message on Instagram. Be able to check both of those and get back with you. But if you have any topics that are really pressing for you and you'd like to hear on the podcast or you'd like a particular person to be interviewed, I'm always looking for different perspectives outside of my own. So I would appreciate any kind of insights that you give and I will sign off for now. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next one. has been an Hourglass Media production.